Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Tom, Sideline, and Colin. And we are going to be essentially having a debate tournament. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode, but really fun. Uh, Each of us will go head-to-head once against each other, and then the uh, top two remaining record-wise will head into the final debate. And the two people that are debating, uh, obviously since there's three of us, two people will be debating, and the one person that isn't debating is essentially the judge to decide the winner. Obviously, it's going to be tough because there is only one judge, and... It, you know, we time will tell with most of these, but this is just based purely off of who had the better debate. Uh, but first, it's going to be me and Thomas debating between who we would rather build a franchise, Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. So let's get to that. But it is does help. Yes. You know, granted, Jim Harbaugh, he's got he just has the perfect system around him. He's got the running backs. He's got the speedy receivers. Like you can't lie to me. He has the perfect scheme. He's got the perfect thing around him. You also cannot lie. Baker Mayfield, yes, Lamar Jackson has a great scheme around him, and that definitely benefits him. And it, it, you know tremendously, it's pretty, that, tremendously with these running quarterbacks. That's what you need. But look at the talent that Baker Mayfield has. Odell Beckham Jr., top 10 receiver. Jarvis Landry, top 15 receiver. You've got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, two great running backs. Well, maybe not Kareem Hunt, but Nick Chubb is a great running back. Also, Jarvis Landry, top 15, questionable, but top 20 for sure. sure. Anyways, back to my point. He has so much talent around him. Sure, you can make excuses about how the offensive line wasn't that great last year. But the reality is the amount of talent around Baker Mayfield was great. And you can look at the system that Lamar Jackson has. Who is his number one receiver? Marquise Brown, a rookie who had like 600 receiving yards? Like, granted, they ran the ball Mark 50. Mark Andrews. Kind of forget about him. True. Granted, they did run the ball 50% of the time. But you have to keep in mind that Lamar Jackson is a proven NFL MVP. A lot of the reason that people may side with Baker Mayfield here is that Lamar is going to suffer injuries. But are you really putting all your faith no, in Lamar Jackson banking no. on as an injury? No. So he, you, he'll get hurt, but I'm not even begging. So him. let's say no injuries for no Lamar Jackson. No injuries Jackson's. at all. Something on Baker. 
here's the thing with Baker. That has to play a factor, though. You can't lie. The injury risk is high. You can't just totally put that to the side. No, definitely. I can't. I just feel like a lot of people are basing their argument when they say Baker Mayfield, they'd rather build around Baker Mayfield. They're going to say here, oh, well, you know, Lamar could suffer injuries. And yes, he does have a very high injury risk. I'm not even going to sit here and deny it. But the fact of the matter is, if you're putting all of your emphasis on just that, it's it's not great. Lamar Jackson, people are going to say he's a running back. Yeah, sure. He ran for 1,200 yards or something like that. You know, he was had the greatest rushing season for a quarterback ever but he threw 35 touchdowns with not a great receiving court. And like I said, the system, the system is great around him. Greg Roman has done a great job. Um, John Harbaugh, great job. But you have to understand that the system only goes so far. Like this is like at the end of the day, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Is he a bit of a system quarterback? Everybody is. Though. Everybody is. Exactly. But, but to certain extent, I mean, Baker Mayfield, if you watch, I watched so many videos on this, and you see it. Lamar Jackson, at the end of the day, you can't lie, you need a pretty perfect system around him. There are many teams right now that if Lamar Jackson goes on that team, he's not going to do that great, really. I mean, he's still going to be solid quarterback, nonetheless, because he still has the throwing, still solid throwing ability, but you need the right scheme. And not a lot of these coaches could could provide him with that. Baker Mayfield, much easier to scheme around. If you look at it, Freddie Kitchens, the offense he put in in 2018 was simple. All you got to do is do a lot of run pass options and a lot of short routes. Baker Mayfield has a very quick release, and that's key in today's NFL. He's got the quick release. He can make those short throws, and their offense just march down the field. I mean, I can look at the stats right now. You talk about how Baker Mayfield at all is this talent last year, but what about in his first season? He was playing for a Browns team that in the previous two seasons had one win, okay? And what does he do? He comes in, and the team actually finished, I believe, uh, they he came in, he didn't play the first few weeks, and they didn't win. Right, but then he came in, led them to a six and seven record. Okay, he played, started thirteen games. You can't lie to me. In that twenty eighteen season, the talent around him was a joke. I mean, that was a team that won one game in two seasons, and they really didn't improve that much outside of Baker Mayfield. And he led them to a near five hundred record. Now that is a great point. Here's my biggest problem with that: you're talking about all these short routes. Okay, at the end of the day, those short routes are going to running backs. And what's and the thing? For, oh, I forgot to mention the the um play action game. It's gonna get better. Nick Chubb at that year, they didn't really have a running back either. Nick Chubb was starting to find his way along, but he you know he was he was good, good running back. But many teams had a better play action game because you have to keep in mind not only did he not have a stellar running back, but he didn't have a great offensive line to hold up for that long, and he didn't really have the receivers. But again, here's here's the biggest issue. You keep talking about oh, they had they're instituting on these you know short little passes and you know the run not all pass not every time. Well, still that was a majority of their game plan, wasn't it? Yeah, right. I don't see a problem with that. Again, it's about all about the checkdowns, though. At the end of the day, they weren't they how, weren't all checkdowns. How high was his completion percentage? Take a peek here. Six uh sixty four percent. That's pretty high, it's, it, particularly for a rookie quarterback, because a majority of the time he's throwing the ball short, letting the running game. But running it, it worked, didn't work. it? Yes, it worked. But my biggest problem is 
we now we're looking at Baker Mayfield. How did he do when he wasn't sh- throwing short routes? He was terrible, so even with that, a lot better talent. Let me around tell you him. that. Let me tell you something about that. Terrible game plan. Like it, it, it was bound to be a disaster. Freddie Kitchens entered the year, scrapped everything that worked. It is right there with Baker Mayfield. We know what it is. You don't need a ton of talent around him. With Lamar Jackson, you need you need the head coach. You need the offensive coordinator. You need the offensive line. You need everything around him for it to work. Baker Mayfield was able to lead. I mean, for a rookie to do that with little to no talent around him and still be able to lead them to a near 500 record record in his rookie season. And honestly, I can say this. If they keep going, you know, maybe he starts all 16 games. They probably finish with an even better record. So I, what, what point was I trying to make? So with Freddie Kitchens so last year, sure, they had the talent, but he did a terrible job of implementing it. There, so with Freddie Kitchens, he said, All right, we have all this talent. I want to run a really flashy offense. Last year, it was very simple yet efficient. It was clearly very efficient. All right, because they didn't have the defense either. The defense did not carry the Browns in 2018. It was all their offense that led them to their somewhat solid season, right? But last season, he decides, I want to run this flashy offense. Now that we've got all this talent, and um, Thomas. You all right there? Yeah, I'm good. All right, but he wants to run this really flashy offense, and all of the all of the passes I can look at here, like if you look at the routes that they were running, they were all these deep passes. It didn't work because Baker Mayfield, that's not the type of quarterback he is. He's not he's not the best improviser, which should get it better over time. But the deep routes, I mean, you look at it, it's not the very successful way. If you want to run, you can run some deep routes here and there. And like, um, you know, play action pass works, but almost every single play, it was let's scheme these guys up for these 15, 20 yard passes. And it was just ridiculous. It didn't work at all, especially when you look at the offensive line he had. It was not good. And this season now, he's got these better offensive tackles. Like, it, it just was, it was bound to fail. The, the, Game plan was atrocious for Baker Mayfield. Like, honestly, some people want to say a sophomore slump. I just don't really see how that's valid when you look at it. The game plan was terrible. Every quarterback, if you implement a bad enough game plan, every quarterback's not going to do that great. I mean, you can, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, if you had a terrible game plan around Patrick Mahomes, Maybe at best he's an average quarterback. Every quarterback is a system quarterback to an extent. If we want to bring up that argument, that applies for everyone. Like everybody, every quarterback is a system quarterback to an extent. And it shows Baker Mayfield had the talent around him. Baker Mayfield should have been better last year. And I don't blame him. It was Freddie Kitchens. If you look at it, that game plan couldn't have been any worse. Here is my biggest issue with a lot of things that you're saying. You're saying, you know, with Freddie Kitchens, like I get the whole, yeah, he was awful. There's no, there's I'm no not, denying it. That game no was denying atrocious. it. It was awful. But you, your there's point nowhere is, you can go up from that. You, there's nowhere to go below that game plan though. Like it can only go up from there. The game plan can't get any worse. Right. But here's my problem. Lamar Jackson, you see your whole talk is like, oh, well, Lamar Jackson needs the perfect system around him to be good. Based off what? Like, what are you saying? Now, obviously, he is in the perfect scenario, and he is succeeding. So, therefore, he can't he can't really succeed in any other... It, it's proven with these running quarterbacks. How? With who? Look, Look, nobody has been a better rushing quarterback than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar... Well, J- all time, Michael Vick's the best. No. Lamar Jackson just had the greatest... I mean, obviously... All time. Like, all time, yeah. yes. But if Lamar continues to run the way he is running... 
Which, but here's my thing also with it. So I'm going to throw an example. This doesn't, all right, this is, it's not exactly the most valid statement, but it's something to throw out there. Rookie season, Baker Mayfield destroyed, you know, destroyed maybe a bit of an, but he really flamed the Chargers defense in the regular season, right? And then they enter the playoffs in the percentage, I believe the Chargers had a 50.1% chance to win on wild card weekend. It was a very close game, but I said, I am adamant. I am confident that the Chargers will win this game. You want to know why? They have seen this unique quarterback now. Eventually, Lamar Jackson really, I mean, he's got a lot of talent. He's got the speed and whatnot. But eventually, you catch on to these things. It is all about the game plan. Lamar Jackson, yeah, he's got the speed and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the play design, it's such a unique quarterback and it caught them off guard. The second time, now they're more prepared. They have now seen this thing and they're a little more, it's like, um, it's like eating a pepper for the first time. And then you know, the second or the third time, you come a little more tolerant to it. You get a little more used to it. It was the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson went on to have one of the worst games of his career, and the Chargers ended up winning that game 23-17. to 17. And, again, that's it was his rookie season. He's clearly got better. So, but I'm just saying, Lamar Jackson is one of these running quarterbacks that once you face him a couple times, you know, once you face, square off with him a couple times, you really start to catch on. It, it's going to happen. Like Lamar Jackson cannot sustain this success for that long. Uh, whether it's because of injuries, you know, you look at it. It's the injury risk. It's and it's also the game plan. The game plan you can you can only do so much with a guy like Lamar Jackson. I know you said, yeah, he's an underrated thrower. He's a decent passer, but pocket. What if what if Lamar Jackson gets hurt one of these days and his scrambling ability significantly decreases? Then he will continue to work on his already great passing game. Keep in mind, he threw 35 touchdowns. Do you think Lamar Jackson touchdowns. can succeed as a pocket passer? Not as a pure pocket passer, but here's my problem. He's not a pure pocket passer. That's not Okay, but if you take away his running, if you, eventually his running ability decreases. Like it's where RG3 is right now. No, you cannot. You cannot compare Lamar Jackson to RG. I'm not. I'm just saying. What if that was? Here's well, RG three suffered this big injury. Here's my big. Here's another big problem right, that I have it? here. Lamar is not has not only produced one of the best rushing seasons we've ever seen. He threw 35 touchdowns. He is capable of being a great quarterback that can throw all these I'll, touchdowns. I'll, I'll tell you a fun fact too. Those touchdowns. He's a good passer. Don't get me wrong. Good passer. But those touchdowns, you really got to watch it. I've never seen a quarterback throw more two-yard passes than Lamar Jackson. It, it's honestly sad. I remember I was watching Monday Night Football against the Jets. They'd go down. They're on the two-yard line. You know, just hand it off to Mark Ingram and said they got to do some play-action pass, and he just flicks a quick, easy uh, touchdown pass to Patrick Ricard or um, Mark Andrews. You really got to go into the narrative of the touchdowns. If you, oh, I'm being dead serious with you. I've, I've watched the tape. You watch it. I've never seen a guy throw more three-yard touchdowns. It's the easiest thing. If you ever played Madden, gone to the goal line, and then just say, hey, instead of handing off the ball, why not inflate my stats and throw a nice, easy little touchdown on the goal line here? Not saying they never handed it off on the goal line, but the amount of times they threw it on the goal line, you'd be surprised. Two things. One, they wouldn't throw on the goal line if they knew it wasn't a smart move or they didn't believe Lamar Jackson would do it. Okay, but it's so cheap. Two, how is it cheap? Any quarterback can do that. Any Russell Wilson? Can Russell Wilson do that? It was one play. One play he failed to do. I know. I know. I, I was, that was mostly okay. a joke. But anyways, does that? Yeah. Wow. A lot of three-yard passes. Wow. What does that sound like? What does that sound? What does that sound like to you, Colin? Baker Mayfield in his rookie season. I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that. 
That's I. That's all I. That's all I have to say on the topic. Baker but. Mayfield averaged seven point seven yards per attempt in this season. Yeah, go look at. That's that's not very high. No, it isn't. But you just said he all threw three yard passes. Seven point seven is a well over three. Go look at Lamar Jackson's too. I can make the same argument. I can sit here all day and make the same argument. What was his? His in his rookie season, seven point one. Okay then. And that was when he was not what a good passer. What point are you trying to make then? My point here is that you what? can't sit here and say, oh, Lamar Jackson throws three-yard passes every time. On the goal line, we are talking about touchdowns. Baker Mayfield's touching. What? Yeah. You're looking at me like this. What? Yeah, because Baker Mayfield does the, same, does the same thing. No, he doesn't. Not on the goal line. His touchdowns were wet. What? I, I didn't say All anything. Right. Well, he's looking at me weird. No, no, no. When we're talking about touchdowns, yes, Baker Mayfield does throw shorter passes, but not on the goal line. They hand it off to Nick Chubb. They hand it off to Kareem Hunt. The Ravens don't do the same. I, I've watched the film. It's it's right there. I guess my problem is, why are you using that against him? Why am I using that? Because any quarterback can do that. Any quarterback can just dump off a little to one of the best tight ends or one of the best fullbacks in the league. With that dynamic offense, anybody can do that. Why is Mark Andrews so good? Because they have such a dynamic offense. Okay, they have a system tight end, too. What? Nothing. Well, what was your point there? My point is, who's throwing the ball to Mark Andrews? Lamar Jackson. Right. The reason, you can't just say, oh, he's got an elite tight end. Who's the guy throwing to the elite tight end? Okay, who's the guy running the routes and getting open for the quarterback? It, yeah. It's a reverse. It, it goes it's both a, ways. It, yeah, obviously. It does go both ways, but you can't just sit here and say, oh, he's a super elite tight end, and then act like, you know, that's like Lamar Jackson is just like throwing it up and getting lucky. No, well, that's not the case, but I mean, you look at it like Lamar Jackson, the truth of the matter is like you were talking about, oh, he's 35, you know, 35 touchdowns, which is great. He's a decent passer. Don't get me wrong. He's really improved. The touchdowns, to me, they're really inflated. I mean, it's clear a ton of his touchdown passes were just on the goal line. He's a little fl- – like, you put any starting quarterback in that system, in that position, to do that, they're going to have an inflated amount of touchdowns. I don't think there's a stat to show it. I've just watched the film. I I have said everything I need to say. All right. Uh, well, unless I, – I mean, I could go on all day, but all right, Colin. Well, you see here, the argument I'm going to side with has to be Aiden because of the points he made were that the goal line thing was really what put him over the top with the um, whole, like, any quarterback can throw a three-yard pass to a good tight end. Like, I, I really think that's where his argument shines, and that's why I'm going to give it to him. Fair. Thomas put up a, a good argument, so yes, I'm not going to lie. Um, All right, our next topic is going to be Trey Young versus Ja Morant. Now, I am taking the side of Ja Morant, and Colin is taking the side of Trey Young. So, Aiden, you are the yeah, moderator the or the whatever for this All right, time. No hard feelings between both of you. You're both going to put up a good debate. This is going to be tough, and uh, don't hold it against me in round three. All right, do you want to go first? Uh, I will go first, yeah. All right, great. So, Trey Young and Ja Morant are two of my favorite players, really. Uh, um, that's, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, if we're not looking at, you want like obviously, a Chromebook to look at stats or anything? Yeah, I'll get that all in right, there. Right. But um, so let's just start out with offense. So offense, we all know Trey Young can actually pull up and shoot a three. 
in John Morant's form, let's just say uh, his arc on the ball. Okay, so you know, so Trey's three-point shot is better than John's. Yes, yes, much better. And he, he's more crafty with his handles, just from, like, watching standpoint. Like, not statistics or anything. But just, he's more crafty with the ball. Not to say both of them aren't. But he is better more crafty with the ball. Uh, he can shoot from anywhere on the floor better than Jock can. And really, if you put a good rim protector in the paint, what is John Morant going to do besides pass? What is he going to do, really? Like, I are trying to dunk over him. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not to pitch in, but there's too many names about him. <laughs> yeah. All right, continue. Uh, what, he's, he, what is he going to do, a fancy reverse layup again? Like Because that, that's pretty much all he does It's just the reverse layups and, and passing. And – it really doesn't work against like a really good defensive team where Trey Young can score from anywhere on the floor uh, instead of John Morant just inside the paint, crafty kind of like spin reverse move or whatever he does. So, all right. So let's just get into the first thing. So you were talking about how, how basically John Morant can only go into the lane and do a reverse layup. I disagree. He took 42% of his shots from zero and three feet, which is a layup, as we all know. And he shot 60% there. So, yeah, he's pretty darn good. And keep in mind, he's in the Western Conference. Look at some of the centers in the Western Conference. Let's just start with one, Anthony Davis. Let's start with another, Clint Capella, when he was on the Rockets. There were so many rim protectors in the Western Conference. Montrez Harrell, Nicole Jokic, no. Rudy Gobert, Steven Adams, Kristaps Porzingis. Hassan Whiteside, there's so many shot blockers in this league and in the Western Conference that John Morant has to go up against on a night-to-night basis. And and he still manages to shoot 60% on layups, despite being contested at the rim by these big men, supposedly. Supposedly. Another thing is three-point shot. You're going to sit here and say that, yeah, yeah, Trey Young is a better shooter than John Morant. I can't even deny it. But John Morant did shoot a higher three-point percentage. So your argument here, obviously... Yeah, but how many did he shoot? Yeah, that's my that's my point here. He didn't really take a ton. He took 2.4, um, so he made just under one a night. But you can't just sit here and say that he's not a good three-point shooter because that's not really that true. What's, well, so, what's so important, in my opinion, is that we with these super athletic um, point guards, they, they don't really... So either you are super skilled... And but you don't have a lot of athleticism like Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry, or you're really really athletic and you're really explosive and you can get to the rack, but you're not really a great jump shooter. For example, John Wall or Russell Westbrook. John Morant is kind of breaking that trend. He's shooting 36% from three, but he's athletic. He attacks the basket at the most. So those combination of unique skills is what's going to make him so lethal. Another thing, Trey Young. Trey Young, these numbers are great. Let's let's look at his stats. You know, he put up 30 points a game, nine assists, four rebounds. He shot 44% from the field and 36% from three. Those numbers are awesome. Last time I checked, the Hawks were 14th in the Eastern Conference. 14th in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, I know he doesn't have the best team around him right now, but John Morant led his team to the eighth seed in the Western Conference. But it wasn't just him. Okay, it wasn't just him for the Hawks Randy either. Clark had a great year. So, so did he, Hunter. We can go back and forth. We can go back and forth well, all day. He also had he also had John Collins. DeAndre Hunter. 
Kevin Yurder. got suspended, didn't he? Yes, he did. But here's and the thing. I, I, just to chime in, I mean, I see both your sides. Again, Clark was a little better than Hunter this year, although it was yeah. relatively close. Yes. Wait, what, what did the Hawks do in that 25-game span when John Collins was not on the court? Uh, to be honest, I'm not really I, I'm sure. I'm not really sure. Oh, either, look at I'm, I'm most likely sure that the, the stats... Here's my problem. Trey Young, the wor- the I will go on record to say he is the worst defender I've ever watched in my life. The worst uh, defender. What about JJ Redick? I, I trust me. The I, when I say the worst defender, I mean the worst. I've watched. I I live in Massachusetts. I have been here enough to watch Isaiah Thomas. Trey Young is the worst defender I've ever watched in my life. Worse yeah, than Isaiah he, Thomas. He's he's like uh. Second year in the league, he's not gonna be a. So was James Harden. James Harden, right when he entered the NBA, his but defense. How, how do you see? How do you see? At least James Harden is a bulky dude now. Like now, he's gonna be able to stand in the post, and he's six foot five. Trey Young, six two. He's not very athletic, and he doesn't really care enough on defense, to be honest. James Harden, a lot of the reason he wasn't good on defense is because he didn't care. Now that he started to put those that effort in, he's been a little bit better. So what happens if Trey Young puts an effort? Then is he just... The problem, the thing with James Harden, James Harden, six foot five, incredibly bulky. Like, he's a bigger dude, especially for these guards. Trey Young is thin. He's six foot two. He's unathletic. Have you ever seen him dunk? I mean, not that, that's not the... You know the do all be all of athleticism, but we've never seen Trey. We've never seen Trey Young get up like that because he's simply not what athletic a, enough. What about uh, Jaw dunking over uh, what, what? What's his face? Okay, Kevin Love. Kevin. Whoever. I forget. Who. I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Love. But anyways, besides the point here, Trey Young. If I'm ta- if I'm taking a franchise, I'm taking Jaw ten out of ten times because of a couple things. One, his defense. His defense isn't good. I'm not. What gonna, about leadership? What about leadership? John Moran just led the Grizzlies to the eighth record no, in the no, Western no, in Conference. Locker room, like locker room. Presence. Do you know what goes on in the locker room? Not I don't really, either. But like how he leads his team out into like the um into the game. I mean, like Jaw Jaw's team is sitting at eighth in the Western Conference, so I'm going to assume he's probably doing a better leading. But, but anyways, he's not the only leader on the team. Where Trey Young is. Why not John Collins? John Collins because he got suspended. They're not going to listen. Oh yeah, you just got suspended. You know what ooh, you're doing. Oh, I got another good one. Vince Carter. Vince, Vince Carter, Carter is yeah, 43 okay. years old. He's been in the league for a while. He's going to be able to be a leader. But at the end of the day, the reason but, but I I you was can't even make that argument because the Grizzlies cut all their uh, older players, Kyle Korver, and uh, they had one other one. They just kept cutting them. So, so what? What if? The Hawks cut Vince Carter. Then who's their only? Sure, it's Trey Young, but how much does that really hold here? The re- the biggest reason why I lost the Lamar Jackson Patrick Mahomes battle. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl, but well, majority of my argument was leadership, and that only goes so far. Here's the problem. Let's just look at the on court thing because if we're looking at stuff like off the court in the locker room and stuff like how far does that really go? Kyrie Irving is one of the best point guards in the NBA, but. He gets underrated at times because a lot of people just look at him in the locker room. He looks at the things he but says to the media. Let, let's do this. The Celtics had a better record without Kyrie Irving that one year. They had it. They did much better when Kyrie was off the floor. 
True, but how often was he off the floor? Plus, what was their rec? What was they had a very good team around him. Let me, let me look. I have the, but I have the stats. Anyways, I don't want to talk about Kyrie Irving too much because in reality, mm-hmm. he's not in this debate. But I know, but it helps with my debate. John Morant, okay. <laughs> <laughs> John Morant, look. So Trey Young, you know, his shooting statistics are solid. I, I, I will give him that. John Morant. In terms of all-around shooting ability, has shot oh has shot way better from the field. He shoots forty-nine percent of the field. But again, I don't like using field goal percentage. It's a very it's a, it's a flawed stat in my opinion. I l- I'd rather use effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, two-point percentage. I feel like those stats. I feel like they just hold more value in what the situation. Site are you using? I'm using BasketballReference.com. Okay. No, that's where I need. Trey Young again. The, de- <laughs> the defense is painfully bad. Are you ever going to be able to win a championship with Trey Young as your best player? Because how bad is he on defense? He's awful. At least John Morant is competitive enough that these Grizzlies are going out here and winning games because John Morant isn't a complete liability like Trey Young is. And with the league is now it's a guards and forwards league. You need to be able to be versatile. You need to be able to guard these Damian Lillards, Steph Currys, the Kyrie Irvings of the world. And John Morant, you know, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be all defense first team by any means, but he's at least solid. Trey Young, worst defender I've ever watched. How are you supposed to build a How are you supposed to build a championship core around that? Like, what can you do there? John Morant, if you want to bring up leadership, I mean, John Morant's the best player on on the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Okay, so. wait, hold on. I got the Kyrie Irving stat. So this wasn't the whole year, but this was the. Last six games that the Celtics went without Kyrie at, like, one point in the season. They were 0-6 with Kyrie. They had 106.7 points per game. 118 opposing points per game. And then the points per game difference was negative 12.1. And assists per game were 24.2. And then the six games without Kyrie, they had 114.2 uh, points per game, which is a eight-point difference uh, higher. Mm-hmm. And then opposing points per game, that's a 17-point difference lower. And then points per game difference, it was 25. 25 in favor of the Celtics. And then assists per game, they went up four. Here's my problem. How does that – that's that's fine, sure. <laughs> but how, is that, how does that have any relevance to what we're talking about? Uh, we were talking about something with leadership. Okay. <laughs> I if, anything, if anything, that's, if anything, that's going to prove my argument more. Kyrie Irving, very, very skilled point guard. Oh, very, very uh, locker room leadership. Oh, it, it went great. somewhere to that. Great. That, <laughs> that, proves that, that just proves my point even more. Kyrie Irving is a phenomenal statistical player. Kyrie is a great statistical player. However, the problem is his defense holds him back, and do his numbers really contribute to winning basketball as a leader? Those same, I have those same problems with Trey Young. His numbers are great. I no one's going to sit here and deny that. But the Hawks are 14th in the Eastern Conference. You can sit here and make the argument that his team isn't that good. But how much worse is his team than the Grizzlies? Now, great. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and say the Grizzlies have a better team than the Hawks. But not by that much. If you factor in the fact that they're in a tougher conference, and 
they have to go up against tougher competition night in and night out. They have one of the hardest remaining schedules after the All-Star break or after 41 games, I believe, and they were still able to win. That's not a coincidence. The Hawks had a pretty easy schedule. I'm pretty if I Yeah, Eastern Conference. If I can remember. Not to mention they're in the Eastern Conference with a lot of bottom feeding teams. Let's look at let's look at teams like the Cavs and the Knicks and the Pistons and the Bulls and the Hornets. The Hornets they were they were the tenth seed, how and we thought they were going to be the one of the worst teams in the NBA because their roster is awful. Trey Young get, get, has the luxury of playing of playing great defensive point, great defensive guards like Devontae Graham. Oh man, Zach Levine, Reggie Jackson, you know yeah. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Wow, he's playing all these really great defensive point yeah, guards. But like, who does are we? Who is John Morant really defending? Russell no, I'm Westbrook? talking about offense. Yeah, I know, but like I'm talking about defense now. Who, who is he? De- who is who he, is defending? he defending? Is he defending Russell Westbrook's bricks from three? Because he's a he's a perimeter defender. Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Mike Murray Conley. is overrated. Don't even. Jamal he's still averaging yeah. 19 points per game. We but, can't just sit here and say, "Oh, he's overrated," therefore he shouldn't count. We can also look at Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, yeah, Chris like Paul, Shingildas Alexander, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox, yeah. Devin Booker. Do I need to go on here? No. But, like, same thing with the Eastern Conference. Not really. Ben I mean, Simmons? Eric, uh, Kemba Walker? He's not guarding Ben Simmons. I know, but, like, point guard-wise, point guard like, if, he, if we were to go against guards, like, um... If we were to go against guards... Let's look at the let's look at the bottom at least let's look at the bottom of the West compared to the top. You know, let's look at the non-playoff teams: Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Lonzo yeah. Ball. Whoa, 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 wait, hold on. You can't just tell me that Devin Booker is a All-Star caliber player, is he not? Yes. So why should that count just because he's on a bottom feeding team? My the point here that I'm saying here is that the bottom of the East is significantly worse than the bottom of the West, and the thing is. Is that Trey Young is playing these terrible teams night in and night out? Not really, because they face East and West. Let's we. I think we need what we need to pull up here is how good they are against above five hundred teams and b- b- below five hundred teams, because that's what's really going to show here. Um. Well, what <laughs> I'm just saying, like, can you pull that up for us? Because I am curious. Like, oh uh, yeah, sure. look at I look don't up. Know if that's a... It is. Try- I, I've been well, on yeah, the website I said it, before. I said it is. I just don't know what, what. I've never seen it before. He, my, a couple of my final points with John Morant. First of all, four-rate rookie. Ridiculously efficient. That's something that you know you're going to get from John Morant. In well, fact, was tra- Trae Young was pretty efficient, if I do believe. Shot 41% from the field. Then again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I don't like using But he also that. did shoot more. Shot 47% from two. And 32% from three. He took 15 shots a night. John Morant took 13.6. So it's not that significant of a difference, to be honest. And John but Morant- most of John Morant's shots come from inside the three. But again... All right, I've got it, yeah. Um, all right, so the Atlanta Hawks went 6-25 and against above 500 teams and 14-22 and against below 500 teams. And the Memphis Grizzlies went eight and twenty against above five hundred teams, and twenty four. Uh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, twenty four and thirteen against uh, above, uh, below. Sure, yes, that that's that's very telling. The Hawks are just a bad team. They 
are bad against bad teams, and they're bad against good teams. The Grizzlies can get it done. Not that the Grizzlies were much better, but yeah, then again, they were facing better top-feeder top teams. And they were playing better lower-feeding teams. Like, teams yeah. like... like sure. Like the let's look at some of the 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 teams that were under five hundred in the well, Western yeah Conference. we get it the Western Conference is better than the East yeah okay all right but that's Great. not the only teams they face they face Eastern Conference and they were twenty four and thirteen against below five hundred teams twenty four and thirteen so that's like half they won ten more games or eleven more games oh oh the overall. Hawks on the other hand the Hawks went twenty and forty seven in the and they were. 14th in the East, and the Grizzlies went 32 and 33 and were 8 in the East. So, well, yeah, he's got them in the record. Yeah. We get that. Okay, let's just let's get back to more of the actual numbers. One, we've talked about the defense. We brought up the defense. And we've brought up, you know, the, how I don't, I'm not yes. fully Trey, sure that Trey, Trey. You know, Trey's the better shooter. Trey is the better playmaker. What and, happens and, when Trey's off the floor? The Hawks become much worse. Same. The, I'll no, try, yeah. but I'll, the, I'll, I'll the see Grizzlies if I can. have a much better. Uh, let's just say we throw in. Uh, what is it? We throw in. Who's the Grizzlies back? Tyus Jones. So we throw in Tyus Jones, who actually didn't have a bad year this year. He was actually improving a lot. So we throw him in there. The Grizzlies maybe go down to the 10 seed. Okay, the Hawks become the worst team because then you're throwing in Jeff Teague. And before that, you're throwing in, like, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know who their backup point guard was before that. At least Jeff Teague, they're going to go down farther when Trey Young is out of the game. Because the Hawks have much worse around them. But what's the point? What's the point here? Like, what, what? Like, you can't use record against them because the Hawks have significantly worse team. Well, I I hear what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I do hear what you're saying, but it's not significantly worse. It is. It really is. Is it? Is it, it really is that sig- much worse? Significantly would be an understatement, especially when you factor in the conferences, but. John Morant does have more help than Trey. Oh, yeah. yes. I won't And do, when I, I factor in what conferences they're in and the talent they face, I will have to say Trey Young is at a disadvantage. Yes. I, I would I would say I would agree with that. But you also have to keep in mind if are we talking are we talking here or who will we build a championship team around? Because is that is, uh, let, to you let's, guys. Just, let's just go to that. Let's who would we build a championship team around? Again, so, I'm fine. So let's say John Morant and Trey Young both have similar play styles. I would say. well, but okay. they're like crafty point guards, passers, okay, yeah, playmakers. Fine, okay. sure. So they would both be, but there's not many shooting talents like Trey Young in the league. You could find other balanced players, balanced point guards, just like John Morant in the league. Trey Young is one of a kind. Well, he's, I mean, John, John Morant, I mean, shooting-wise, yes, but uh, John, John Morant's pretty special as well. I would argue John Morant is more special than Trey Young. But I, I, it's not a big part of my thing, but the unique combinations. As I talked about before, you are either a super-skilled point guard or you're super-athletic. Most of the time, they don't go together. De'Aaron Fox is someone that was looking to try to kind of break that trend as well, but you're either super-skilled 
like Kyrie and Steph, but not particularly athletic specimens, or you're John Wall or Russell Westbrook, and you're incredibly athletic, but you really lack a, a jump shot. He's Is he really a point guard, and is he really that athletic? Who would you compare John Morant to? Who would you compare him to as a better and his, like, ceiling? What is Russ, John Morant's ceiling? Russ with the jumper. <laughs> I gotta say, Russ with the jumper that can lead teams past the first round. And what about... Trayon's his is Steph Curry. Um. So who's Steph- better, Steph Curry or? Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. Is that not a good point? Is that no? Is that can't be what we go on here? <laughs> because technically, I mean, we could. I mean, uh, if what's, they both what, were to. Re- what was Jimmer's ceiling? Huh? Yeah. Steph Curry. Um. What yeah, was- but what, no, no. If they both were to reach. Max talent right now. So if we're going off of who who we're gonna build a championship around, it's gonna be they're not gonna reach that championship until five more years. So let's say what are they gonna be in five more years, and how good will they be? Trey Young will be like a Steph Curry type of player, and if you're gonna say John Morant will be like a Russell Westbrook type player, who would you rather? Who do you think is going to lead uh, them to a championship? But the problem Steph is, Curry or Russell Westbrook? the problem is, this is the final point I'm going to bank home. They're not Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry. Russell Westbrook, as a leader, could not lead his team past the first round of the playoffs. I have watched Russell Westbrook, so I am clearly experienced when I talk about Russell Westbrook. He's a great leader in terms of a vocal leader and you know carrying a team night in and night out. But he doesn't have those leadership qualities of John Morant of just making the overall team. Better, if that makes any sense. Trey Young makes the overall team better too. They were fourteenth in the Eastern Conference. How yeah, can you say that? You can't say that. Um. Oh yeah, he really John Morant makes Brandon Clark better as a player. You could say that, but John. I'm not talking about individual players. I'm I talking know. about as a team in general. Trey Young, I you can do- only carry them so far. Trey Young can rise them up to a playoff. This may, not a playoff theme. This is going to be my boldest prediction I've ever made in my entire... Maybe not even a prediction, but the boldest thing I may have ever said in my life. This is going to hurt your argument, so go ahead. Stephen Curry is the greatest offensive player ever. That is going to be a bold statement, so and wait, I know everyone's going to disagree. Wait, hold on, that no, 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 no. Argument because I'm saying... Trey Young is going to be a Stephen Curry. So are you going to say Trey Young but he's is not. going to be one of the best offensive players ever? Steph Curry was the leader of one of the biggest dynasties that the NBA has ever seen. There's no way you're going to sit here and tell me that Trey Young is going to be as good of a team leader as Steph Curry was. Steph Curry was the driving force. Well, Whether you think Michael Kevin- Jordan was, too. What? My, well, I, I'm just saying my take on... Oh, yeah, but right. Steph Curry... Was the driving force of a dynasty of a dynasty? Do How you mean Trae to tell Young me Trey Young is going to get to that level? No, because he won't have that team around him. Do you think people want to come to the Atlanta Hawks? <laughs> <laughs> is that really what you think is happening? The Warriors were homegrown. They didn't get anyone yeah. except for Kevin Durant later, and they still won a championship. Yeah, but who else do they have? They had Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. They had. Zaza Pachulia, okay? Okay, the Hawks, first of all, they've got Cam Reddish, who's a great young player. He's got potential. He had a down rookie season, yeah, but... Yeah, down rookie season. Wait, 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 hold on. So, you, <laughs> so you're not going to just tell him you're not, you're not just going to blow past that, are you? Yeah, the, yeah, okay, I'm not going to lie. This Cam year, Reddish was bad this year. Yeah. Hold up, shush, let me talk. 
If, if the Hawks want to be like the Warriors, you have to be homegrown. And they have the talent to do that. They've got Kevin Jurder, who's a solid young shooter. They've got DeAndre Hunter. They've got Cam Reddish. They've got John Collins. Three of those four have all-star potential. Yeah, so how can you how can you sit here and say Trey Trey Young's never gonna have that team around him, especially considering they have those guys? But they and they're gonna reach the level of the Warriors or the yeah, be, you're right because their leader Trey Young is never going to be Steph Curry. So you can't make the argument that yeah, Steph is better than Russell Westbrook. I'm not gonna sit here and deny that, but you can't just sit here and say oh well, Trey's is Steph Curry and Jaws is Russell Westbrook because one, not only is that super flawed, because while there are overall similarities in their games in terms of their leadership in terms how they play the game it's a lot different Russell Westbrook goes out there and he doesn't he stat pads a bit it's it's just it's evident if you go watch Oklahoma City Thunder basketball Russell Westbrook stat pads it's like I just don't just the amount of irrelevant things that have been brought up in this. We started talking about Kyrie Irving. We're starting. We've started talking about these ceilings. We're just getting so matter, off track. The ceilings, no, the ceilings definitely do matter. They don't. Saying, no, because if you're talking about a championship, they're not going to get there till five years. Ben McLemore's ceiling was Ray Allen. Did Ben McLemore become Ray Allen? But in his rookie season, what did he put up? Probably not good numbers, and he tanked right away. I'm guessing. Okay. But we we can both see that John Morant and Trey Young are not going to be bad players. Yes, okay, fine. What 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 is that what does that have anything to do with this? You're saying build a championship around. None of these teams are gonna be able to reach championship level until they are in their primes, which will be five, six, seven more years. Okay. So l- let's just go what will they be like in five, six, seven years? That would be their ceiling. So that's what you kind of have to think. <laughs> that's a that's a flawed argument because it let's is say a flawed argument. let's say Trey Young just gets a lot worse. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's just it's well, possible. it's a possibility. But we're going off both ceiling, so th- we're not predicting any bad things to happen to either players, right? So we're both going off of what their best of both players would be. So not saying what I'm not saying that. Yeah, Trey Young could definitely be like Steph Curry, but I predict John Moran will definitely have a downfall in his career, so I win the debate. That's I'm saying both of their ceilings and both of how good they could possibly be. If if we're going if we're going off ceilings and you're just gonna use the fact that Trey Young's the next Steph and Jaws the next Ross, so Trey Young is better, then I've I've said all I need to say. Well that's not all I need to say because there's also <laughs> team around them, Steph Curry, you, you kept using Steph Curry as, oh, yeah, he, he'll never be in a dynasty like that, because he won't. Are you telling me Cam Reddish will really be an all-star? He's got the potential to, yeah. He sure, could he has be. the potential to be, but do you really think he will? Yes or no? Yes, I do. You really think Cameron Reddish will be an all-star? Yeah, go look at Paul George's first season. Go look at Kobe Bryant's. I'm not saying Cam Reddish is going to be the next Kobe Bryant. I'm just saying you can't base it off their rookie years. That's why when I say Jared Culver is a bust, I'm not basing it off his rookie year. I'm just basing it off what I've watched from his college and from what I believe of him as a skilled player. It's just Take Trey on the way from the Hawks and what, what happens. They're a bottom feeder. They, they still are a bottom. Exactly. So how is Trey Young affecting winning basketball? No, no, no. no. I, I'm not saying winning basketball. I'm saying they go down to, like, the last seed. So, so they go I would the- argue the Grizzlies do, too, because they're point no, guard. No, 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 no. The Grizzlies would run fine with Tyus Jones instead. 
Wait, no, 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 no. I don't think I don't think the Grizzlies without John Moran would be the last seed. Yeah, I know. But they wouldn't run as smoothly at all. <laughs> no. So I, I see it in the middle. Like, Thomas thinks they'd be the last seed. I don't think they'd be that bad, but I don't think they'd be as good as you. I'm more in the middle. Oh, yeah. I'm, all right. Have you both said your Yeah, I'm done. Steph Curry, Steph Curry had a dynasty around him. My Trey Young will never. Because not all four of those players will be all Okay. Uh, well, all right. This was tough because I actually, Colin, I, you actually did better than I thought. I thought, you know what? You're facing Thomas. This is going to be very, this is going to be an uphill battle for you. I liked listening to your argument mostly because it was actually just really funny. And <laughs> I'll give you props for that. You actually did better than I thought. You're Maybe getting there. But I, I got to give it to Thomas. Yeah, I got to give it to Thomas. Colin, Though you're getting better, uh, you did a lot better than I thought, so you're clearly improving. Uh, but I gotta give this one to someone. All right, All right. now because we need to get this running a little bit. <laughs> Let's get into the next one. So I'm gonna be the moderator, whatever you want to call it. All right, Colin, the better young core. Oh. He's taking oh, the yeah, side of the, the Pelicans. Aiden is oh, taking boy. the side of the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not gonna reveal my personal opinion because I don't want to. Did I already biased. say enough about the Grizzlies today? <laughs> I guess not. So right. you just went against the Grizzlies. Now you're going. Oh no, no, no! You're oh. going against the Grizzlies again. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, so I was so focused them. on the Baker Mayfield. Right. Oh Sorry. man, and that just that, that kind of foiled your argument too, because you were talking about how the Grizzlies are so much better than the Hawks. Wow, you really. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, but it, it's it's a different. <laughs> I'm just gonna turn that around in this one. <laughs> oh boy. You still beat me, so don't be. Uh, All right, don't I'm, be so. I'm not. I am, and I'm not going off my opinion because I, I have to. I have to see the argument yeah. first. That's like because no matter what, Colin, who would you take, Baker or Lamar? Lamar Jackson. Okay, then. but and, he, he but went I'm with Aiden yeah. because he had the better overall argument. So that I'm just gonna wait and see that. And All right. yeah. All right, let's just start right out. Yeah, you can go. Yeah, Pelicans right. have Brandon Clark. Wait, no, Brandon Ingram, sorry. <laughs> we have Brandon Clark. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes. Uh, who else? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man, great start. All right. Well, you look at the Grizzlies, young core. We've got John Morant. We've got Jaron Jackson Jr. All right, we've got Dylan Brooks. We've got. All right, let's settle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Brandon Cook. Uh, um, uh, not Brandon Cook. I was talking yeah. about your voice, not the. We got um, Dylan Brooks. All right. Well, I was just saying, I was just okay. going, all right. all right. We got uh, Brandon Clark, and uh, I guess Jonas Valanciunas, he's, I wouldn't exactly call him a piece of the young core. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, he, he's he's there too. And then um, Justice Winslow. I feel like people forget that this team has Justice Winslow. Not a bad young player either. And then you've got guys that have some potential. Not exactly stellar young players, but they've got some potential. John T. Porter, Josh Jackson. You can even throw Grayson Allen on there. DeAnthony Melton. Will any of those guys ever be that great? No. But why not throw them on there? And, all right, and I guess you can throw on Tyus Jones for Colin. All right, and wh- where do you want to begin? I-, I don't know where Wait, we're... Wait, hold on. Let me look up Pelicans Roster for a minute. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm... here's how I look at it. I feel like when you look at the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, I think we can all agree, may have the most, un- one of the most underrated young courts. Josh Hart. I forgot about Josh Hart. Key piece. All right. Grizzlies. have. We can all agree, no debate. 
They have one of the most underrated young cores in the league. When we look at the Pelicans, a ton of hype around this young core. They've got Zion Williams. They've got Lonzo Ball. They've got Brandon Ingram, who many people it doesn't get as much hype as Zion and maybe Lonzo does. He's, but he's been the best out of all those, probably so far. This season, yeah. If yeah. Zion plays uh, longer in the season, he may surpass yeah, him, but he didn't have the longevity. Brandon Ingram was a fringe but, also. But I mean, I look at it, first of all, the Grizzlies don't get enough credit, and I feel like the Pelicans young was really hyped up. That's just how it started, but why, Colin, do you think the Pelicans young core is better than the Grizzlies? Because how they work together is probably the best part. I can say the same thing about Lonzo the Grizzlies. Ball, so John Morant and Jaren Jackson Jr. Is, let's just say Lonzo Ball with his passes are just great. Lonzo Ball is just a great passer. He can really spread the Space between John Morant's a decent playmaker as well. Yeah, but he he can really spread spread it to okay. people like Zion and Brandon Ingram, who will be able to score the ball. You can't <laughs> say that people like Grayson Allen are really going to score the ball. I said time. Grayson Allen was just yeah, one I of know. those guys. That you I can know, throw but in. like just just who would you say is your key scorer? Um, John Morant. Besides John Morant, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson, and who else? Uh, we go Dylan Brooks, nice little fifteen points per game. Yeah, efficient. but who's gonna be better, Zion and Zion and Brandon Ingram or Dylan Brooks? And- I, from a scoring standpoint, hold up. I would just like to, I would just like to interrupt this argument for one second. I I doubt he leaves. But can we consider the fact that there is there may be a chance Brandon yeah, Ingram leaves this offseason? I mean, I didn't want. I actually thought about that. I didn't want to factor it in because that would be kind of cheap of me. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to factor in anyone leaving this offseason. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that out of it. But just, that is yeah. just a thought. Uh, right but you're talking about how all right, based off scoring, who's going to be better, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams, or Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks, Zion and Brandon Ingram? But you just took. The two you just said, all right, who's gonna be better? The two best young players on the Pelicans or the two best minus John Moran? <laughs> yeah, but no no no, but we're using the point guards as a playmaker in in this uh in this uh scenario. What are you what? You you said John Moran was gonna be dishing out the passes, did you not? I, I said you said who's their main scorer, and I said John Moran. No, 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 I said who's their main playmaker. Who's gonna Okay, he's play both. Play? Like Lonzo. Okay, all right, Lonzo. I mean, that just proves my point. That I mean, I, not that I had to, but John Moran is better than Lonzo Ball because well, no. he can do both. <laughs> no, really. But they—they they have no one's gonna get in their way, right? So each of them has their own little thing going. Lonzo's the passer. Uh, Lonzo. No, 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 it was just funny though. You said it. It wasn't like they keep calling. It was just funny. Their own little thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lonzo's the passer. Josh Hart is, you know, that kind of three and D wing type of guy. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he's really going to be a defensive uh, kind of transition. He's going to be able to space the floor then, probably. Sure. Uh, he's got better. Zion, Zion will be the uh, <laughs> one to play defense. He's really the defensive star. He'll throw it down transition. He's got all the athleticism. Zion is really the star of this. Um, and then he got little pieces like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Frank Jackson. Okay, but the Grizzlies uh, have those guys too. Yeah, yeah, they do. But 
Probably the Pelicans are a bit better. Sure. Yeah. But not that yeah, makes yeah, much yeah. It doesn't make much of a difference. But, uh, yeah. Anything? All right, Aiden. Do you got an argument? I mean, back? I feel like I already kind of countered all of his points, but like, you look at the Grizzlies, like, all around as a young core, you've got, for the Pelicans, you've got Zion, who, great talent. He's going to have injuries in the way, though. Brandon Ingram, I said I wouldn't factor this in, but there is a chance he leaves. But if he doesn't even, Wait, you know, but didn't Jaron Jackson get injured? Yeah, but he's, I mean, Zion played 19 games. Yeah, but Jaron Jackson also got injured. So, okay. I, I don't think. Two, two of the main, two of some of the main. Okay. Uh, yeah, but players. again, Zion's kind of their main guy. Yeah. And John Morant has some injury problems, not near Zion's level. Yeah. And I'm also not as concerned about I'm, the reason Zion has his injuries is because, because of his, his play style yeah, and, and his weight. weight. Yeah. With Jaron Jackson, like, that's just because players are going to have injuries. Players yeah. are going to take yeah. it wrong. There you go. And, you know, you look at Jaron Jackson, like, the dude can quietly do everything. The guy, he he's an efficient scorer. He can score. Also he can shoot Zion. the ball. He t- he's a... Not re- he shooting will get there. Like, Jaron uh, Jackson. Jaron right. no, well, Jackson better all around. Yes. I'm not gonna argue with that. But Zion can also. Uh, yeah, he's a good defender. Jaron Jackson Jr. really good defender though. He can score. You know he can shoot too. I mean that's a big thing. Like coming up, much better shooter than Zion. Am I saying Jaron Jackson's gonna be better than Zion? No, but he's going to be able to kind of go with the flow of the current. NBA because Zion's not really that great of a shooter, whereas Jaron Jackson's already got a shot Let's at such they, a young age. Can we can we do a little uh what would happen if the Grizzlies were to face the the Grizzlies young core were to face off against the Pelicans young core? The Pelicans would beat them by a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can be <laughs> because they have an established all-star. Yeah. But I mean, and you look at it, the, the Grizzlies are a a, young, a much younger team. Like, Jaron Jackson, uh, maybe 20. 20 years old. Yeah, almost 21. Like, he's not even – he can't even drink yet. John Morant was a rookie. And, yeah, same thing with Zion. But Brandon Ingram now, you know, he, he spent, what, two, three years with the Lakers. Now this is his fourth season, right? He's like 23, I want yeah. to say. You know, so their young core right now, yes, it is better than the Memphis Grizzlies because – they're older, and as Thomas said, they are more established. And Yet, you also have to keep in mind that despite that, the Grizzlies were still able to finish with a better record this season. Well, Zion was Both teams are led by their young stars, except... No, you know, holidays. Okay, yeah, that just proves my point even more. Zion right played now. 19 games. Yes, yeah, Okay, played yeah, but they have games. Drew Holiday. Yeah, but Zion played 19 games. Zion, but Zion... He's the leader of the young core. Yeah, he's, if, we're, if we're talking about a young core, he is the leader of their yeah. young core. He only played 19 games. No, 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 but if we're factoring in, we can't just forget the fact that th- this team does have Drew Holiday as well. Yeah, but let's just take Drew, Drew Holiday, Holiday played. He still put up 20, you know, yeah, finished sure. the game. And, and that just proves my point even more. The Pelicans already an established team. Finish Some with of these the worst rookies record. aren't even getting points, and they're not even getting a chance to play because of Drew Holiday. Oh. Drew what's, Holiday is taking away minutes. What's the point? Okay, so then you should just trade them away. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's the same thing with the young core yeah. would be much better. How? If they're trading their young pieces away. What? So, okay. No, I said trade Drew Holiday. Uh, okay. If, they if we tra- were to trade if they Drew trade- Holiday away, so, so who, who's he taking away? So uh, who is he taking away minutes from? He's taking away minutes from a little bit of everybody. A little bit of uh, Jackson Hayes. Uh, not to say... N- n- but He's a I, mean, I know, but... It, 
20, 30 minutes goes a long way, you know? Yeah, but he said there's a center. That's yeah. a completely different position. Yeah. yeah, I know, but he's taking away from like minutes from Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Uh, Walker, Nikhil. Yeah, okay, Nikhil that that's more Alabama. fair. But I mean, you know, what's uh, what? Nikhil Jackson, who's actually been super underrated this season, even though he's on a okay. not a great. I mean, you know, Lonzo. First of all, Lonzo's already kind of starting, and I mean, yes, he's probably going to get a little better without Drew Holiday. He gets more touches, but you look at like Josh Hart and. Nikhil Alexander Walker, if anything, they're going to benefit from having Drew. I mean, he may take a couple minutes away, but at the end of the day, those guys are just there to space the floor. So having a playmaker like Drew Holiday is going to help him out. But having a playmaker like he's taking away stats from Lonzo Ball, he's taking away his playmaking stats. Like Lonzo Ball still is a starter and he still gets a decent amount of stuff. I know, and they're gonna even go up more when Drew Holiday's gone. Okay, a little, a, a little more. I, I just don't see how Drew Holiday leaving makes his. I don't think it makes as big of an impact as you, you'd think. Yeah, and but, especially when you look at Josh Hart and Akil Alexander Walker, these are shooters that are gonna benefit from a playmaker like that. Sure, he may make a couple minutes away from those guys, but at the end of the day, they're gonna benefit from a playmaker like that. So at the I just what really I mean sure the Pelicans young core may be a little better now uh, but I honestly because they they're older right and yeah, again they're a little more established in the but, future they're gonna even just be better than the than the Grizzlies because they already have this experience that we've seen but when we can't even really prove that the Grizzlies will be great like the they're already the eight seed and proved to have. Decent chemistry with each other. Well, how much better is that going to get? Uh, well, considering they're much younger than the Pelicans' young core. A lot better. Yeah, yeah but the Pelicans are also going to – you can't even grade that because their best player, Zion Williamson, played 19, 18 games. But you were the one that asked that question. You were the one that said, how much better are they going to get from here? And then be like, well, that's not fair to say. You, you the well, one yeah, he... because I was trying, trying to see, his, trying to counter gotcha. something that he did. Counter your own question. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, I was trying to counter something he said because okay. I haven't done that yet. Gotcha, okay. Uh, well, unless you got anything else to say, I think I've made my point. Zai, take away these old players like J.J. Redick. And well, Drew I mean, Holiday, if you look at it, that just – we can – because look at it. The Pelicans had – I mean, yes, Zion did have an injury, but we can also take away the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant had injuries too. And the fact that when you look at the Grizzlies, you know, young core, they've got – what outside of their young core, Jonas Valanciunas. Like, and when you look at the Pelicans, they've got Drew Holiday. You you said it, JJ Redick. So they've and Derek Favors. So they have a much. They have a lot of these role players that should help them now. Yet the Grizzlies still finish with the better record. Yeah, because I am got. I told. I just talked about that, and I said you can't. You also have to factor in the fact that the Grizzlies did suffer their injuries too. How many games and, did they miss? Not a lot. I mean, John Morant missed about two weeks. You know. Zion missed uh, the whole yeah, but you also have to factor in this. They had guys like Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, Derek Favors. You're forgetting about all that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the Pelicans, despite Zion's injuries, if you factor in the veteran players each team has and the injuries that the Grizzlies still did suffer, the Pelicans should have finished with the better record. The younger players get better when you take away the older players. In uh, my opinion. Well, they they grow more. Yeah. It, well, they, they, yeah, they grow, but I they. 
it's not happening. And they're not winning right now either. Like, I, well, I don't get what point. What about rim protectors? What about them? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what about rim protectors? <laughs> yeah, what um, Jackson Hayes and Zion. Jackson than, Jackson Hayes was not good this year. Better than all, better than the Grizzlies. Rim protectors. Uh, well, they have Jaron Jackson. There, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I maybe I guess. Yeah, just, just okay. a little point. Yeah, you know? all right. Um, well, I, I again, I feel like I've got my point across. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. This one, this one is tight. This this one was tighter than I thought it was going to be. My final question is, like, what is, what is the main point? Like, what do you what do you really want to drive home out of this? Aiden, you go first. No no rebutals. Just what, what do you really want to drive okay, home? Okay, I kind of look at really two things. I mean, the fact that when we look at the value of each, you know, this season, not only is the Grizzlies' young court a lot younger, giving them a lot more potential, but you look at, they've already got better chemistry together. And this season, despite being a lot younger, you could say that they produce more wins. Like the Grizzlies young core produced more wins than the Pelicans young core did. I think they had a worse record though than the Pelicans. The, the Grizzlies probably had a worse. The, the, the Grizzlies were the eight seed and the, um, the Pelicans were the- I mean, not record, schedule. Schedule. They're in the same conference. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll look at it right now. Uh, they're in the same division too. In the first half, of, in the first, according to this, in the first half of the season, the Pelicans actually had the toughest schedule, and the and the Grizzlies were middle of the road. They had the seventeenth toughest. However, towards the end of the year, the Grizzlies had the toughest schedule, and the Pelicans had the easiest. But that was when Zion also was injured when they had the hardest portion of the um of the games that they played. Uh, I yeah, but I mean they're in the same division. It really can't be too much of a difference. Like also, we're talking about a young core. We're not talking about how they're producing right now because yeah. it's obvious. I mean, it's that that can be factored in. Like honestly, the fact that the Grizzlies' young core is younger and they still produced more wins this season. They have nowhere else to grow. Once you take away these old players. Some of these guys will rise up more. Yeah, but, but with more opportunities as well. Yeah. But the Gri- Grizzlies young core is definitely going to rise up as well. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but they... The Grizzlies young core is more potential. I think the Pelicans still do. But, like, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong to say that. Time will tell. But, I mean, the Grizzlies are a much younger young core. They've got better chemistry together, and they're already producing more. Who says they the have better chemistry? You look at it like a John Morant, like Lonzo and Zion. You talk about how these two are going to be great together. You keep bringing up Zion's injuries. So if we're going to bring that up, Lonzo and uh, Zion played less than 20 games together so far. They probably will have good chemistry, but it's still unproven. John Morant and uh, um, they have such similar names. Jaron Jackson Jr., they, they they proved this season they had pretty good chemistry together. I mean, it, Yeah, but you keep bringing up their injuries. Yeah, but they only missed... Two, what two weeks, Max? John so, Morant did. But John Morant, Z- you keep bringing up Zion's injury. Yeah, he so missed like the game. whole season. Okay, but that means the chemistry isn't is much there yet. I I'm just countering your your question. That that last that last sentence sounded count, blah, 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 kind of sounded like defeat, Colin. Are you yeah. defeated? Yep. Okay. Well, um, 
I was gonna give Aiden the win anyways, but yeah, Colin, Colin appears I, to Colin, have... I, you did good. You did good. Yes, you did. And and I will. You're at a disadvantage if you don't pay as much attention as us. You're getting there. If you keep working at it, you're gonna get there. And I don't know what else to say. You did better than I thought. But now we are we are going to head into the final showdown between me and Aiden, and we're going to choose a topic that you guys will hear about. All right, so for the final debate, we're going with the classic here, Lakers versus Clippers. Now, if you know, I was with the Clippers for a while, and I did this maybe, I think, last episode. I talked about my NBA title contenders. And I actually put the Lakers ahead of the Clippers for reasons I've already said, and today I'm going to be de- debating Thomas with the Clippers, who I actually believe we flip-flopped because preseason I was on the Clippers, you are on the Lakers. Now we have flip-flopped, I do believe. I've always been Team Clippers. We had a debate, and I was with the Clippers. You were the Lakers at some point. Oh, that was that was pre-Boogie. Yeah. That was pre-Boogie injury. But then after that, I kind of reconsidered. But, yeah. yeah. I've, I've so we both it. reconsidered. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, you can get things started if you want. No, Ladies no. You first. can go ahead. Go first. Man. All right. Well, I, I, it's tough, you know, just to get the ball rolling here, I guess. Uh, you know, I look at some of these things. First of all, the narrative. The Lakers, I mean, no, 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 no. I know it seems stupid, but I, I, it shouldn't hold a factor. But you know how we always have these great stories in sports? Okay. The Lakers winning this year would be a great story, would it not? LeBron wins. And not only that, but they win it for Kobe. I mean, no, should this hold really much weight? No, 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 no. This isn't. I'm just getting the ball rolling here. I'm just saying it would just be a great story if they won. And a lot of times we have these good stories. And this is hard to debate for you. I'm just throwing that out there. So you're I'm saying not, I'm not using this. So you're so, yeah. so you're saying here like, oh well, the NBA, you know, is more likely to rig the series for the Lakers. No, I didn't say that at all. I'm just then saying. What you, then what would? Then I'm just making the point that if they did win, it would be a nice story. And usually we get a good story in sports. Oh, I see. I thought yeah. you, I thought you were. And I feel like they're gonna have like LeBron's gonna have the chip on the shoulder. They're gonna have the chip on the shoulder, bring it home for Kobe. All right, but that's just a little point. I just wanted to throw that out there. But when you look at it, the Lakers, it really the league is all about star power, right? When I look at it, we've got the duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, or Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Which one are you taking? Um, taking LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, th- there's really no doubt about it. They have more talent. They have more chemistry together. And overall, they their games just mesh a lot better. I mean, their chemistry is an A+. And although I don't think the chemistry is bad necessarily between Kawhi and Paul George, their play styles don't mesh as well. And due to load management, they didn't get as much chemistry. Now, you're saying, well, that gives the Clippers an advantage in the playoffs. Well, no. COVID-19 did kind of bail out the Lakers a little bit because although the Lakers did take it easy a little bit, took a foot off the gas, uh, they have more chemistry because LeBron and AD played nearly every game. I mean, yes, they missed some games here and there. Anthony Davis had a slight injury. Uh, But the load management that Kawhi and Paul George did cost them some team chemistry, but ultimately have them more rested for the playoffs. But due to COVID-19, every team's going to be rested come playoff time. You also have to keep in mind age. Yeah, many people would say, well, LeBron James, he's always kick-started, but is this the year where his age catches up to him in the playoffs? Well, now he's, you know, he's had months to rest now. So just look at a few of those things. Just get the ball rolling. All right, let's look at something else. Let's talk about the depth, because the Clippers are probably one of, if not the deepest team in the NBA right now. They can legitimately go 12 men deep. deep, And that is 
great in the playoffs. I know it doesn't matter as much, but believe me, let's look at the Raptors' championship run last year. They had their centerpiece in Kawhi Leonard. But outside of them, they had guys all around that could seemingly go off at any given night. Paul George is a legitimate top 15. Some people make the case he's top 10 when he's healthy and he's fully producing. So Paul George, I... I I, Paul George is not a great playoff performer. I've watched OKC games. Trust me, he is not a great playoff performer. But he's still a star player. He's still valuable to have. You also have to keep in mind that for the most part, he was the main scorer. Like with OKC, you he was definitely like the main scorer. And main scorer of the season. No, no. With OKC, oh, okay, he was the main scorer. Yeah. And then the first year he got there, he was still the main scorer, but he was the second option behind Russ. Paul George is not the number one option anymore. Paul George is now a Robin. That's going to take a lot of pressure off of him. And now he may actually be go out, go out there and perform. But outside of Paul George, you have so many guys that could go out there and give you 30, 25 points on any given night. You've got Lou Williams, one of the best six men in the league. Montrezl Harrell, one of the best six men in the league. You love Montrezl yeah. Harrell. I know you do. He let's he kind of performs against the Lakers. Like, I, I know the regular season, it doesn't hold too much. But we can't just, you know, sit here and say, oh, well, it doesn't count. You know, it's the regular season because he was he was good when against the Lakers. In their first matchup, he scored 17 points on 7 of 11 shooting, which is obviously very good. In their second matchup... The, he scored 18 points off the bench on 8 of 12 shooting. You also have to keep in mind, in that game, so far in those two games I've mentioned, the Clippers won both of those games. In the second game in particular, Kawhi Leonard went, went off for 35 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists. And Montrezl Harrell was the only productive player outside of Kawhi Leonard. Paul George had 17, which is, you know, okay, 5 of 18 shooting. He had more shots then points scored. So Montrezl Harrell is a guy that's going to be able to pop up and give you a, a big night in any given moment. You've also got Patrick Beverly, who he's not going to be an offensive, you know, he's not going to be someone that's going to produce on your offense. Even I can't deny it, but he's a defensive pest. He's going to be able to get in the heads of the Lakers. He's going to be able to do that. You've also got Landry Shaman, great shooter. When he gets hot, he's super hot. Marcus Morris, great. He's a guy that averaged, you know, what, 18 points, 17 points a game this season. You know, had a couple of big 30-point games. The Knicks shot 41% from three. You've got Zubox, who's a solid center. You've got Jamichael Green, who's a solid player. Um, Reggie Jackson, who's pretty, pretty good. And he's actually been a lot better with the Lakers, not the Lakers, the Clippers, and shooting about 40% from three. This team goes deep. They have so many guys that can go out there and can give you 25 to 30 points on any given night. And that's going to be huge. The reason I talked about the Toronto Raptors at first was because last year in the playoffs, their main centerpiece was Kawhi Leonard. Outside of that, they had so many guys that could erupt at any given moment. They had Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam. Marcus Gasol was big in terms of his defense on guys like Joel Embiid. Um, you know, Norman Powell had a couple of big games. Like, the, sometimes all you need is just a couple of those players that are really, really good role players that are going to go out and they're going to produce for you. Whether it's, sure, maybe you can call them inconsistent in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, what matters is that you have these guys and they're all going to be able to produce on any given night. And that's going to help 
with your superstar players like Kawhi Leonard. Okay, well that was a that was a pretty good introduction, but Aiden, you kind of just sat there laughing at it. So no, I was just thinking how many. It was a good argument, but I was just like, all right, I can counter this. There's a lot of ifs and buts. It was just like, (laughs) well, if Paul George is the second option, ends up doing better. Like you're just assuming he. I I mean, granted, I think he'll do a little better with the pressures off him. But you were saying there's just a lot of ifs and buts. You were saying like, if. Paul George is the second option, does better. Like, and then you were saying Montres Harrell, there are some nights when he pops off, and Landry Shannon when he's hot. Like that, that, that as you said, and you pointed it out, inconsistency. And at the end of the day, sure, the Clippers are more deep than the Lakers. Not saying the Lakers don't have depth. I mean, they clearly do. But at the end of the day, it's a stars league. I know the Raptors won the championship last year, but let's not disregard the Kevin Durant injury and the Clay Thompson injury, all right? Sure. I mean, yeah, you're saying, well, the Raptors were a deeper team that year. Without injuries, the Warriors probably win that series, and it keeps going back. It is a stars league. The Lakers have more star power. You can't say you can't say, oh, well, you're playing this what if game, and then bring up the what if if Kevin Durant never gets it, never gets injured. I mean, it was pretty clear they were probably going to win that series. But it's an if. It's pretty clear that Montrose Harrell can perform against the Lakers. Yeah, I never said he couldn't. Well, you're just sitting here and saying you're just sitting here and playing the what if game just like I am. I was talking about the inconsistencies, and you uh, no 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 no. Paul George, we have never seen him as a second option, have we? I mean, second option in the playoffs, you know, with the pre- ne- in this big of a stage. I mean, you could grant him with the Thunder, but outside it is just have- the first season. Okay, right? yeah, exactly. But he was the main scoring option. But sure, exactly. Yeah. But this year he isn't. But with the star power, when I when I'm bringing up. So with Paul George, yours is a what if because we didn't see it at all. But with my what if, we had seen it before. The Warriors had the momentum in that series. Okay. Yes. So that that's the point I'm getting at. Yours is a blind, not blind. You did have some points like Paul George, the less pressure, sure. But yours is more of a blind swing. Where mine, I can see the momentum was heading in the uh, d- direction. You know, the Warriors had the momentum in that series. Okay, true, but you can also point to the fact that you can see these guys producing in the playoffs. Montrezl Harrell, me and uh, me and Colin, me and you, we watched that that Clippers comeback against the Warriors. That, that game was, was insane. One of the best games I've ever watched. You know who were the two guys that led that comeback? Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell against the biggest. But that was without Kawhi and Paul George. Still, they still went out there and performed in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I get that, but. They're not going to play as big of a role this time. Like, they're not going to do that again. So that, may, you know, that's going to be a day. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm like, they're not going to be the ones leading it anymore. They're oh, just no. going to have to settle back into a different, you know, a, a lesser role. But still, sometimes lesser is better. I mean, I know that sounds kind of crazy here, but let's look at, let's take Devin Booker and the Suns, for example. Devin Booker was more efficient with less touches because Ricky Rubio came in and everyone started facilitating. Now with Kawhi Leonard, the pressure is taken off. Now they're going to get more open looks because they're going to be focusing more in on Kawhi. With that run last year, they were so focused in on Lou Williams and Danilo Gallinari and Montrezl Harrell that they didn't really look at anyone else. Now, granted, Danilo Gallinari is not another team. He's not really relevant in this conversation. But they were focusing in on Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Now with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Now, Paul George, he's not a great playoff performer. He's still going to definitely attract great attention. They're going to be able to be to be better. You were talking about how the Warriors focused in on Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. How do you know that that's what the Lakers are going to do? It's not, which is why they're going. You, you really no, 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 no. You, you just said the Warriors focused in on Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. So, 
if, if, again, another if, if, if the Lakers do the same and focus in on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and don't even pay any attention to Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, which they'd be stupid to do. They've seen it plenty of times. So No, 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 no. That's, that's not what I, I'm not saying no attention. I'm not going to say, oh, let's just leave Lou Williams wide open in the corner for three and double-team Kawhi Leonard. I'm saying the pressure is not going to be there. There's going to be guys, you know, creeping over to help out on Kawhi Leonard. You're not, you're not going to really see that with Lou Williams unless he's, unless he's hot. You're not going to see that with Montrezl Harrell unless he's going off for like 20 points. They're not, they're not going to be super focused in. They're, they're not. They're going to be more focused in on Kawhi Leonard. There's, they're going to be more focused in on Paul George, which is going to lead to for more opportunities with these guys like Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell and Landry Shamit, who can shoot the three ball very, very well. He was pretty solid last year in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean th- – Yes, but that was against the Warriors, a team that really wasn't trying. I mean, at the beginning of the series, obviously, they're putting in some sort of effort. But if you saw, they were kind of goofing off. Like, hey, let's just get through this first series. They were just blowing, uh, you know, they were just blowing them off, the Clippers. So, I mean, yeah, granted, we can't completely take it away. But let's not act like that Warriors team, especially considering the effort they put in the first round, is the same as this Lakers team. True, but I'm not. Say, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Warriors were, you know, trying their hard out. Because the reality is, there wasn't. But there was no way you can't tell me that when the Clippers were coming back in that game, in that 28 point comeback, there's no way you can sit here and say, "Oh, the Warriors were just, you know, letting them win." Because in reality, no team is going to yeah. let another team win. Yeah, again, but I mean, they kind of fell asleep and then they caught up too late. You know, with LeBron, that team is going to be on their toes. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I will give you that. Another thing that I would like to focus in on here is that Kawhi Leonard. You know, LeBron's the best player in the league, right? Yeah. But can we, like, I, I won't deny it, but it's some people are still going to say Kawhi Leonard because he, he was the last guy to win the championship. He still deserves that title because LeBron has been great, don't get me wrong. But some people are still going to argue Kawhi because oh, well, you know, he won the championship last year. LeBron hasn't done anything since. Sure, regular season success is great, but in reality, how much does that amount to? Kawhi Leonard on LeBron James. Let's go back to the 2014 NBA Finals, where Kawhi Leonard was not as good. He wasn't as good of a player, but he was able to guard LeBron LeBron James. LeBron wasn't as confident either. LeBron, LeBron's much more, I mean, than like, he's always been a confident guy, but now he is, he is, more exposed to these bright lights before. Ever since he made that comeback 3-1 against the Warriors, I mean, this he he can handle it 100%. I know he won championships before with the Heat. I already know what you're going to say. But that was with all... Listen, he is he's ready for this, like, more than ever. And it, it's evident ever since 3-1. He called himself the greatest player in the world. He stood up there after that, and, and I'm sorry, it, I, put more confidence in LeBron James now than I did in 2014. So you're saying that, you know, he's probably going to take, um, you know, games against the Lakers seriously. Like, like, like that's like he, like since he's, he's now locked in, like he's much more confident now. Like that's kind of the point you're getting at here. Right. And, and against the Clippers, you know, he's going to be more focused in and locked in on that because they're probably the biggest threat to, you know, him winning the championship. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great. In their first matchup, LeBron James, seven oh, the regular season, we're not throwing this in here. <laughs> Why not? It it, uh, it matters. It's evident. a little bit, but LeBron James is the guy that gives eighty percent in the regular season. This is the guy. So who's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard either load manages or he gives a hundred percent in the game. 
You know, Kawhi Leonard puts more effort into the games that he plays because he load manages. LeBron load manages by not putting much effort into regular season games unless it's the fourth quarter and he has to crank it up there. Really? Because I think he put a ton of effort into regular season games, hence why the Lakers were actually able... No, hear me out. The Lakers were the number one seed in the Western Conference. We have seen this classic story time and time again where LeBron James-led teams in the regular season tend to underachieve. You cannot even deny that. Okay. Yeah, because he load manages. So how is it a coincidence now that his team is number one, but he's still, you know, going 80%? Uh, because they have Anthony Davis. They This is one of the better teams he's ever played for. I mean, you, you look at, like, Anthony Davis was one of the best players in the league this season. Oh, yes, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that team around the team around him, it fits, and it's great, but is there a third star? Is there someone that they can refer to? Is there to? really a third star in the... I mean, yeah, I mean, are you calling Lou Williams a, st- a okay. stud star player? Okay, star is the wrong word. Option, third option. Okay, third... Yeah, they have a better third option, but when you look and at four. the star... Pa- yes, okay, but when you look at the pure star power, the Lakers take it by a mile. This is a star's league. Yes. I don't think... It, yes, I... Depth matters, I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, what's, what holds more power, especially in the playoffs, I'm taking the star talent all day. That is, It's a star's league. You hear it all the time. You've said it before. It is a star's league. The, depth, the bench depth matters. But if you look at these past final series, these past big series, it comes down to the star players. You look at it um, with his face last season. I know the Raptors had more depth. But first of all, once KD went down with that injury, now Kawhi's the best player in the series. Okay. And he had more depth. So that's a little bit of a different story. Plus, you know, you had the injuries again. I'll state that again. And I can say the one team that had more talent and didn't win was the 73-9 and nine Warriors, who took them down, LeBron James. And ever since then, again, he's, I just you have to have faith in this guy. And... Can you see where I'm coming from? I feel like I've said this like a thousand times. I see where you're coming from, but I, the only point I'm really getting here is the star power. Yes. That's like, but that's the only thing. Sure, you, you, they have the star they power. They have the star they, power, they have the experience, and the star power is the chemistry, and, and they're just better. Clippers have have the same amount of experience, I would argue. That's that's uh, fair. They have well, the better coaching, the better No depth. one has as much experience as LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard, yes, he has experience, but LeBron James. I mean, no, 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 no I'm just talking about in general. The whole roster, if you run down the roster. Question, how much does experience really matter? Mm, mm, let me see. Take a look at... The Nuggets Paul last year? Yeah, take a just look at the Nuggets last year. Yeah, sure. They went to they went to the second round. They lost Cleveland. to C.J. McCollum. Yeah, C.J. McCollum? Yeah, C.J. McCollum. They let C.J. McCollum... They didn't lose to Damian Lillard. They lost to C.J. McCollum. Okay, first of all, Dame was... He was still good. He yes. Was, okay. Yeah, but CJ McCollum. I mean, granted, he had a good game, but it's CJ McCollum. Okay. If you can't beat CJ McCollum, it's clear experience matters. Let's. Okay. Not the Nuggets. Let's look at Nikola Jokic. How good was he last year? How good was he? He Very, got played by CJ McCollum. They play different positions. Oh. Uh, we go ahead and compare LeBron. I mean, granted, LeBron is a technically a point guard now, but we make all these top player rankings like. You know, we talk about, oh, who's, you know, I've seen this all the time. You guys debated, you guys thought about having a debate yeah, today between Anthony Davis and James Harden. Don't tell me it's unfair to compare players at different positions. I'm not, 
But you, ju you just said it was, but then you two just debated today having an argument between Anthony Davis and James Harden. If I'm not mistaken, Anthony Davis is a power forward slash center, and James Harden's a shooting guard. I think that's that's different. How? It just, how is that different? How is it not? You're compare, you just said you can't compare two players at different positions. That's exactly what that is. That's that's not what I'm getting at here. Like, Kawhi, you make the point of Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, how they technically play different positions. Who's guarding LeBron James? Lou Williams? Exactly. He's it's, not. It's LeBron James. No, but then who is? Kawhi? Yes. Yes. Okay, but I don't get what, what do you, I can't, I don't understand what point you're trying to get at. So the players were, so when, who were the players you were comparing that I said wasn't fair? I, I, what do you, that wasn't fit, like. You said that. Um, can, can we retract a little bit? Yes. So, no, so this is what happened. Though. You were trying to compare, like, I forget who you, you said. No, no, like, he was trying to compare, compare two players. And I said that wasn't. That wasn't fair, and that's because where this whole thing started. Because they they played. You said it no, wasn't no, no, no. I, I get the point. Who were the two players that we were talking about? Uh, I believe it was CJ McCollum. Yeah, it was CJ McCollum and Nicole Nicolio. Okay, that's my point here. I'm not referring to the fact that you know he outplayed Nicole Jokic in the sense of like Nicole. There was nothing really Nicole Jokic. I don't want to say there was nothing he could do about it, but he's not guarding CJ McCollum. Like, okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, when that when you look at it at the end of the day, the Nuggets had a much deeper team, which also goes to my bench depth point. I mean, you look at the depth at the end of the day. You said, well, the Nuggets were a much deeper team in that series, but when it came down to star power, the Trailblazers had it. They had Dame and CJ, whereas the Nuggets had Nikola Jokic. And who pulled away in that series? Believe it or not. I'm going to disagree with you when in terms of the depth. And no, the Nuggets so are you're telling me depth. No, 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 no. I meant the, the Nuggets. So the depth on the Nuggets was definitely better. Go look at some of the playoff logs of Seth Curry and Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless and those little role players that came in so big for the Portland Trailblazers. Rodney Hood hit a game winner for them. He had a game winner. There's these role players that can come in and can give you 20 points on any given night are a necessity. They're any a necessity. given night. <laughs> yes. Any given night. So Al Fork Aminu can give you 20 every any given night. Not every night. I'm well, that's what you just said. Any I said, given night. And when I say any given night, I mean like, oh, well, he could score 20 points on this night. You know, it's kind of random. It's inconsistent. Well, there you go. Star players. Usually not inconsistent, especially when it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard isn't inconsistent. What, is, what about Paul George? Huh? What about Paul George? We've never seen him as the second option. We've never seen him as that second. So I'm we're just going to disregard what's happened throughout his whole career so far. We're, we're going to disregard that Kawhi Leonard absolutely shut down LeBron James the last time we saw him go head-to-head in the NBA Finals. In, you said because it's 2014. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard was a lot worse, and LeBron was a lot better than him. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So but now LeBron James was also a lot more inexperienced and in a lot less confident. That was his fourth straight finals. I, I don't know. I said it since 2016, he has become a lot more confident. Based off of what? Based off your opinion? 3-1. He came back from 3-1 and stood right there and said, I am the best player to ever play. Ever since then, forget it. It's much better. <laughs> Based off of what? 
Like, I, I, get, I get what you're saying about, obviously, I'm not trying to deny here that LeBron James didn't say he was the greatest player ever. But you can't just sit here and say, oh, well, he came back from 3-1, so that's when he felt more confident. Because in reality, you're not LeBron. You don't know what he's feeling. How do you know he didn't feel like he I was mean, the best player based in the world? Off of- a lot of it, considering the media is constantly around him and everything we've seen, it's pretty easy to come to that conclusion. How? Because uh, I just because he never you. gone out there, went out there and said it, doesn't mean he maybe never truly believed it. LeBron James, if you look at his runs with the Cleveland, you know, you looked at what he did with the um, Cleveland Cavaliers in his first run. He didn't have very good teams, but the media was bashing him, and he just said, when a player decides that you know he received that much criticism. And he just decided to join the super team. I mean, it's clear. You know, you could say the same thing about Kevin Durant. Like, you know, he's got this great talent, but the media was bashing him. And he just said, you know what? I just need a ring. And he didn't have the confidence to do it by himself. But once LeBron did get that ring, he went back to Cleveland and said, you know what? Now I can do it on my own. And granted, he had like Kyrie and Kevin Luck. But let's admit that Heat team was a lot better than that 2016 Cavs team. Obviously, but let's also not disregard that, you know, not on, Kyrie Irving was not only huge in those playoffs. Kyrie Irving is, in terms of the point guard position right now, you know, the top four is clearly Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and Kyrie Irving. No questions, right? I mean, we're not including Luka and LeBron for the sake. The most consistent of those three in the playoffs? Kyrie Irving, right? Not really. Not it, Kyrie Irving hit, hit that one shot, maybe one of the most great shot, very overrated. Kyrie Irving was not the most consistent player in that series. No, 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 no. Out of those, the point guards that I mentioned. Oh, the po- out of Damian Lillard, Russell. Steph, and Russ. Out of Damian Lillard, Steph, and Russ. In he the is playoff. the most consistent oh. playoff performer of those four. So what, uh, okay. So what does that have to do with the... Yeah. Uh, you said that that Miami Heat team was so much better than that 2016 Cavs team. And yeah, I'm but not- none of those point guards were even on that Heat team. They I'm still not- had Dwayne Wade. They still had Chris Bosh. Ray Allen. I know. I Ray Allen. Well, Ray Allen, that's... He hit, yeah. But he was 40 still, years old. Like, well, uh, yeah, he still hit the wait, game. Wait, 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 wait. You can't tell me Ray Allen does not play a factor into that series because of the legendary moment of rebound Bosch back out to Allen. No, 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 no. No, no, But I'm just... Why not throw him in there? Well, whatever. I'll throw Mario Tone. I don't even know. I don't even know what we're, we're... We've gotten to talking about the Miami Heat and the Cavs. Well, yeah, because I was trying to tell you that when you look at it, his first run with the Cavs, he started getting bashed on so hard, he just said, you know what, I'm just going to go to the Miami Heat and join a dynasty. It was almost like when KD joined the Golden State Warriors. After that, he now had the confidence to come back, not only come back to the place he just betrayed, but come back as the clear main man with a much worse team at the time. At the time, they didn't have Kevin Love, and at the time, Kyrie Irving was just a young Young player. He's still good, but young player. That Cavs team at the time was not as good. You can't tell me his confidence did not rise. From, you know, when you when His confidence was much higher in 2016 than it was in 2014, especially from the aftermath. So has Kawhi Leonard's confidence gone. Okay. Because he was able to shut down LeBron. He has become an MVP candidate. He's become one of the best players in the world. A two-time finals MVP. He, in fact, LeBron, you can say the same thing about LeBron, except... Except what? He he met her. LeBron is better than Kawhi. I don't know. You even said it. No. Yeah, I won't disagree. But people are still going to have Kawhi Leonard because he is the most proven playoff performer currently. Currently. In not all time because LeBron's obviously a more proven playoff LeBron didn't even get the chance to prove himself in the playoffs last year because he got hurt for months and his team just sucked. 
they'd started tanking in the middle of the season. Yeah, exactly. Because they weren't that good. Which because means, LeBron got hurt. Yes, exactly. So but, they didn't even. So it's you know you're talking about how. LeBron didn't even get a chance to prove himself in the playoffs last year. Exactly what I was trying to say with Zion. So, okay. <laughs> so has LeBron not had as much exp as not had as much recent experience as Kawhi Leonard? Well, yeah, technically, because Kawhi made the playoffs last year. Yeah, recent experience. So we're just gonna take away what happened just a handful of years ago. Three one. No, I'm, I'm not gonna take it away. I'm just saying. Your main talks right now are experience and star experience power. Experience is just a little thing. Okay, star good. power mostly. Star power. Wait, we can't if, debate it. The Lakers have better star power. Oh yeah, I can't. I really can't sit here and debate it. But we. It's also a what if game completely. What if Anthony Davis shows up? What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't show up? What if, what if Paul George doesn't show up? Okay, what if Kawhi? What if none of them show up? What if, what if we don't even? Oh, have great! Them? If if none of them if none of them show up, then it's gonna come down no, to no, the supporting no, no. None, cast. The whole team. None of, what if just none of them go to the game? Just go to the game. Just, no, none of them go to the game. Just none of them. Um, I don't know. I, what would they do? Would they forfeit? Maybe Philly wins the championship. What if because mm-hmm. management didn't pay them enough money, they couldn't get on the flight to Orlando and go play that game? Wow. All right, but back. Let's let, let's get back on track here. My main points I want to bring up with the Clippers: star power. It's not as good as the Lakers. They've still got the star power to compete with them. The depth, much much better. They can go twelve men men deep. They have these role players and these really really good sixth men that can go out and give you thirty points on any random night. Like they they can just sure it's inconsistent, but they can all just pop off at any given point. Like we let's I got two runs. I got the Raptors. We can point to the Raptors one last year. I talked about Norman Powell and Sergi Baca and Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. There's so many examples. And let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers run last year too while we're at it. Mo Harkless, Seth Curry, Alfaruka Minu. At the end of the day. Well, maybe those guys step up for the Lakers as well. Like who? In order for them. Well, to- well, that's what we said about the Trailblazers too. We said, oh, it's just Dane and CJ McCollum. Nobody else. And sure enough, they did. Al Borak and Amino is not a yeah. great player, but he, he could pop off at any Yeah, point. you could say the same thing about some of these players in the Lakers. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. Like, I don't know. You could say the same thing. Like, we said last year that the Trailblazers had terrible depth. Like, it sounds like you're saying the Lakers don't have good depth either. But yet, the Trailblazers still found these role players that just stepped up. All right, so you were starting to talk about the season series again. Yes, I was. The season series, again, regular season it really only matters so much. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, it can play a factor, but in reality, it's the regular season. Like, there have just been things going on, but at the end of the day, like, how much value is it, does it truly have? Like, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it only, it only has a certain amount of value here. Here's something that I want to bring up. In order for the Lakers to get their one win, their one win in that series, Avery Bradley had to score 24 points on 6 of 12 from 3. Marks, Marks Morris had to go 0 for 9 and score 1 point. And Lou Williams had to go 2 for 10 and score 7 points. That's what it took. That's what it took to win. Match depth. That is the thing. What if that happens in Game 7, since we like to play the what-if game? 
What if there's no game set? You can't rely. That's the thing. I mean, that's not what I was reacting to. <laughs> um, but that's the thing about inconsistent. You can't rely on bench depth. That's why it's a Stars League, too. Stars are a lot more consistent. You can rely on LeBron James. Would you rather rely on the Clippers bench depth that, as you said, is inconsistent? I mean, like ed- any bench depth is. Or would you rather rely on LeBron James and Anthony Davis? LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, that yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What if you are again so playing what if game? What if we're in game seven and Lou Williams shoots whatever he shot, what three for eleven? Mm-hmm. Again, what if that happens? Since we're relying so much on the Clippers, I mean, granted, it is Kawhi's team, but since the Clippers to win the series, they're relying so much on their bench depth. It's going to be a close series. One bad game, one slip up by this bench depth that gives Lakers the the Lakers the advantage, and they're running with it. Here's my problem: in those first two games, where everything was pretty balanced, you know, and actually some of the Clippers guys under underperformed in those series. In those first two games, the Clippers still won, but in the one game where Everything fell into place for the Lakers. That's the one time that they won, where everything fell into place. They could only beat the Clippers when everything went right for them. That happened in the regular season where, again, I know you, you for some reason, disagree with this, but LeBron doesn't put 100% in the place. He's a di- LeBron is a different beast in the playoffs. You can't disagree with that. I can't. No. No, you can't. And LeBron, again, is a leader of this team. He's the leader of this team. Currently in an era where it's all about star players. But he's clearly putting, he clearly put effort into this yeah, regular in the season. Quarter. No, 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 no. In the regular season, you can't just say, oh, well, he, you know, he went off in the fourth quarter because he decided to. Like, what? Based off of what evidence? You watch the game. How? What? You watch the game and kind of tell that he kicks it up in the fourth quarter. Just because, no, in the fourth quarter, this is a common misperception. In the fourth quarter, that's where you pay the most attention because that's where the game gets over. LeBron James could go on like a 10-0 run in the second quarter, but you weren't paying too much attention to it because, you know, it's still the second if quarter. you, just you know, watch things the highlights, just... things skip ahead. Like, I mean, Thomas did get you there. He, the deception. The, the, the miscon- the this, it's a big misconception. It's it, someone, but it's you know you look at LeBron when you when you go into a game against the Charlotte Hornets right okay you go into a game and LeBron James is sitting there like oh, these guys right first half what is he kind what is he kind of looking at like don't even pull up some stats this is you're not even gonna need it for this all right um so you're going in the first quarter and all of a sudden you know first three and a half uh, first two and a half quarters all of a sudden. You know, he's not really trying because it's the Charlotte Hornets. He's just trying to get through this night, save up some energy for the playoffs. But then all of a sudden, he realizes, ooh, this thing's getting close. So then he starts to kick it up. That's what he usually does. All right. I'm, I'm, tell- I'm telling you the truth. Based off what? Based off the fact that Based you off statistics, did- based off watching the game. Pull up statistics. Pull up LeBron James quarter-by-quarter statistics and actually go and prove to me. Because I'm not going to believe you. I'm not going to believe you sitting here and saying, oh, well, you know, this is what happened. Based off what? Based off that's what you think happened? You no, based mean, off what I saw happen. It's a mis... It's a misconception. Just because you're not paying as much attention in the How do you know second. I'm not paying as much attention? Huh? Sometimes I decide to only watch the first quarter and then I turn the game off. Okay, let's let's agree on this one thing. The Warriors were the worst team in the league this season, right? Sure. LeBron James put up 23-12 and 6 on them. Okay. Okay. So LeBron 
puts He in, usually does better than that. 23, okay, 23, 12, and 6. What What does he usually average? Let's pull that up, I believe. Well, stats, all right. Oh, let's go up. Let's let's pull up another team. The Grizzlies, a below five hundred team. LeBron had to score thirty points against them just to take a one point win. Okay. okay. Pelicans, uh, uh, not not a great team. Uh, but the, you're basing this off one game, like oh, this one day he had to score thirty points. But I have a bunch. I have a bunch of games. Okay, let's hear. Sure. Against- they only lost. Uh, they only lost here. What? Uh, 14 games, so I, they were second-best team in the regular season. You are you are arguing here. Your argument here is that LeBron James against these lower teams, use your childhood points as an example, doesn't kick into gear, when that's just, in reality, that's just not true. Against the New Orleans Pelicans, who then were— Then how does this 35—how does LeBron James at 35 years old kick it up another notch in the playoffs? Because he obviously does— Spend yes. more attention, but it just goes from 100% to 110%. That's just the way I look you at it. You can't go over 100%. No, it's, coach, it's, coach, it's always a coach's motto to say, you know, I want to see 110% today. It's yeah. a mindset. It's a mentality. It's um, the mentality that LeBron James carries into the playoffs. But that doesn't mean – in years prior – Nobody at the age of 35 – can give 100% in the regular season and then kick it up a notch in the playoffs. Giannis can't even do it at the age of 28 or 27, but whatever Le- Le- LeBron, Le- Giannis is not the same player. That Not only is Giannis a completely different player than LeBron James. Oh, he's yeah, but he's, not- he, he's got way fresher legs than LeBron. And he's still an athletic specimen. What's, what's the point? The point is, you can even prove it with these players in their primes that a, a guy like, you know, players in their primes that have a lot less tread on their tires can't even go 100%. I mean, yeah, LeBron James is a different player, but at the age of 35, with all the games over his long career that he's had to endure, a player can simply cannot give 100% in the regular season and then kick it up another notch in the playoffs. It is just scientifically impossible. Oh, but you said, you said, right, you know, LeBron is just a different specimen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So different specimen can do different things. Different things that most people can't do. Yeah. He can realize that, you know, he can realize, huh, maybe if I t- kick it down a notch in the, uh, kick it down, 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 the keyword down, a notch in the regular season, I can kick it up a notch in the playoffs. <laughs> Is he deceiving you? Yes. <laughs> Again, like, but okay, back to the stats though. He averaged 26 points per game this season on 11 assists. And how many, you said he only had what, six rebounds in that game? Usually he, oh, usually he averages eight. Seven, eight, oh, two less. Okay, Okay, yeah, but clearly the stats are a little less. Um, He had to score 36 against the um, against the Spurs just to win by. You How know. many of these games that you're bringing up were during Anthony Davis's injury? Uh, let's see. Well, this Spurs game that I'm referring to, Anthony Davis was playing. Okay, no, no surprise. And let's hmm, let me go pull up another game. Oh, against Cleveland. Wow, against Cleveland. Wow, he had 31 points on 12 of 16 shooting. Wow, he really had a kicking in high gear tonight just to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Okay, I'll, I'll give you this. This was without this was without Anthony Davis, but Dwight Howard put up twenty one and fifteen. So he, I don't want to say he filled in for Anthony Davis, but 
He, he played in Anthony Davis. Well, then he also had the factor in the defense. Troy Howard, solid defender, but not Anthony Davis. Oh, against the Phoenix Suns, the 13 seed. Wow, a 31-point triple-double. I wonder if Anthony Davis was playing. Oh, wow, he was. LeBron James puts in the effort in the regular season. Maybe not, not in years 100%. Pri- Maybe not in years prior, but this year he did. You want to know how I know this? The Lakers are the first seed in the Western Conference. Well, LeBron James. That, that's teams. fine. You know what? That's fine. Because Kawhi Leonard load managed, it ends up working out. You want to know why? The Lakers at the end of the day will have more chemistry. LeBron James has more chemistry now with this whole entire team. One, because he spent last year with them. And two, because he played Kawhi load managed, so he spent less games with them. And LeBron James actually played in these games. And now. All right, if you want to say, oh, well, now LeBron James is going to be burnt out going into the playoffs. No, COVID-19 is going to bail him out, and they're going to be at even strength there. Two, two things. One, you said LeBron James, you know, he's he has experience with this team because he was with them last year. However, their roster is completely different. Yeah, they have a so different what? coach. He still has he still has chemistry with some of the guys that were on the team. Oh, man, maybe Contavious Caldwell Pope. That – I'm not. I'm not. I'm not concerned about Contavious Caldwell Pope swinging well, a playoff. Well, series. guess what? The Nuggets weren't uh, concerned about Mo Harkless. So you never know. You talk about how inconsistent. Uh, you know. You never know with the bench depth. Yet you're over here just totally disregarding the Lakers. You. You're at. You're talking. You're emphasizing so much about the bench depth. But when I start talking about the bench players on the Lakers, you're just like, ah, I'm not worried about them. I said that for one player. You've said that before multiple times. I just with listened to you. With who? I, I ran down the depth, the, the depth, the the, the, depth, the depth on the Lakers, and you were just like, they're no good. Doesn't no, that's good. not true. Kyle Kuzma. I mean, he doesn't have. I said that, and you were just like, yeah, but the Clippers are way better. When did he? Bring yes, the- you did. You literally said the Clippers have a major advantage depth wise. Oh yes, they do. But I never actually specifically said anything about most of the players except for Contavious Caldwell Pope. Let me just do a rundown real quick. Kyle Kuzma doesn't have experience, but he's a guy that. You know, he's one of those players that could give a spark on any given night. Avery Bradley was huge in the Lakers' only win. Scored 24 points. He's a guy that could, you know, go off against any given night. Danny Green, maybe the most inconsistent role player of all time. This has been judged in the NBA Finals. Go look at his stats. Go look at his game log. There are some nights where, you know, he is absolutely awful. And then there are some nights where he's great. There are examples this of this. This is why you can't rely on depth. You have to rely on the star power. Okay. No. Look, I, I think that's... All right. When you can't come down to it, it's much better to rely on star power. And when it comes down to that, the Clippers, for the most part, because the Lakers have more star power, they're relying. I mean, Kawhi, it is Kawhi's team, but they're relying on their bench depth to ultimately give them the edge. Okay, that was a good closing point for you. And I want to hear, Thomas, your closing point to kind of wrap up. Here's my final point. Paul George. A lot of the biggest reason where Aiden's getting the star power is clearly, you know, Kawhi and LeBron, they're on the same tier, obviously. But when it comes down to it, Anthony Davis is much better than Paul George. How- LeBron's a little better than Kawhi. Factor that in. We can also factor in that he didn't play in the playoffs <laughs> last season, but we're not going to get into that. However. So he's a better player because of that? Kawhi's a better player now? However, because- I would like to point out, last year in the playoffs, Paul George was hurt. I... Um, Okay. He, he was hurt, and his what happened his in the years prior to that? Oh, let's do. You want me to pull up his um Pacers oh, boy, statistics? Yeah. Oh, the Pacers statistics. Yeah, let me go pull those up. Oh man, let me tell you. So, with so keep in mind, keep in mind here. Indiana, he was great. 
he and last year with OKC, he was better than the year before, despite having injured shoulders. He had two really bad shoulders, and that's why his shooting slumps were so awful. But however, Paul George in the playoffs, you know, prior to his stint with the um with the Oklahoma City Thunder, has been, you know. He's been a productive player in the playoffs. Now, I'm trying to pull up the stats here, and for some reason my phone is being weird. But let's let's just go to Paul George, and let's, let's look at his playoff statistics from when he was on the Pacers. Because, let's be honest, he was good. He was going toe-to-toe with LeBron James yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals okay. as the first option. So now he's the second option, which is already – we've already talked about this a ton. But anyways, let's go to those Indiana Pacers days. Hmm, how about this one where he averaged 28 points – Seven assists, nine rebounds, and shot 43% from three. In what year? On 10 attempts a night in 2016-17 season. You are you were the one that came out in the opening statement and said, Paul George, not a great playoff performer. But now you're reverting back to his stats as a first option. If anything, you should be talking about his potential as a second option. And I did, and then you completely shot it down. You were like you you, you were talking about how I was playing this what if game. So I'm not gonna play a what if game anymore. That's okay. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, good. And then the year before that, shot 45% from the field, 42% from three, averaged seven rebounds, four assists, and averaged 27 points a game. Against LeBron James, keep in mind, because he was going up against him in those playoff series. Paul George as a first option, was going toe-to-toe with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh in playoff series, like the Eastern Conference Finals. He, he really, last year, he averaged 29 points per game on 43 or 44% from the field. For his career, he's shooting 42% from the field. So he's doing better, actually. So actually, you could argue he overachieved last year in the playoffs. So I'm actually gonna I'm gonna actually flip this around. Paul George, he's a better playoff performer than you think. One playoff, okay. one series. So you're now taking Kawhi and Paul George over LeBron. James. No, 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 no. Overall, I will still go Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I'm not. That's that's not okay. going to change my mind. Even if Paul George goes out there and averages 30 on 50, 40, 90 in the NBA Finals. I mean, if that happened, I might take him over. But regardless, my final point remains. Okay, that that's fine. that didn't affect anything for me because when I look at it, they still. When I look at it, it comes down to the star power, and yes, you it, it ultimately has come down to this with us. The Lakers have the better star power, and the Clippers have the better bench depth. What I'm saying is, it's better, much better, especially when you look at the star players that the Lakers have, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Not a bad duo. It is much better to rely on them than an in you know good depth by the Clippers, but. Still, yet inconsistent. That's just how I look at it. I mean, you can't change my mind there. I have a feeling Colin's going to go with you, but I, All right. I'm fine. Let's with, just I'm end fine it off there. I want to say that both of your <laughs> debates were very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> He's spinning a wheel. I mean, I mean, no, no. I mean, that didn't, that didn't, that didn't happen. But um, okay. Protect um, her <laughs> Um, I felt like Aiden started to pull away with it in the middle, but then Thomas kind of regained control at the end, and it's really 50-50 at the wheels. Well, this is tough. This is tough. Um, 
I really don't know who to go with here because Should, do, do you want me to I'm gonna make a final point just Yeah, so. just make a oh just my make God. a final point. The difference between the Lakers star power and the Clippers star power is not as significant as the difference between the Clippers depth and the Lakers Agreed. depth. Agreed. No, I don't even care. Not to mention the Clippers have the better coach. Okay, well uh, Frank Vogel's pretty dang good this year. <laughs> Well, Doc Rivers is better, but wait. honestly, when I look at the ma- coaching to me, especially when you look at these star teams, eh, it doesn't really matter that much, to be can honest. I just, can I just, when I look at the so math... Just chuck Doc Rivers no, out no, the window. No, no, no. Who cares? Tyron Lue can take over. When I look at the significance of coaching and bench depth, at the end of the day, it doesn't amass to the same amount as star power does. But the star, the difference in star power is yes. As oh, I agree with as... that. But when we look at the the mass of each two, like when you look at the significance of coaching in today's NBA, especially with these star teams, not really that much. The bench depth is significant, and sometimes it can decide a series, but it ultimately comes down to star power. Okay, I guess. well, let me say, Aiden is much more intimidating. He's sitting in this high chair. It's spinning around all over the place. <laughs> it's just rolled up everywhere. And me and Thomas have these little tiny uncomfortable chairs. Don't hold that against me. Thomas <laughs> broke the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. But, um, okay. Uh, this is really hard. I, I don't... I really don't know who to pick, but... What I'm gonna do... Oh, God. Is I'm gonna let... Or, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna let... Right now, I think I'm going to have to go to overall debates. Just every single debate that you've done today. Because this one was 50-50. I do think you guys missed some prime opportunities like... um, To crack a joke? (laughs) Well, Aiden, you could have said you to Watanabe for the Grizzlies. uh, And uh, Thomas went, went... when Thomas was bringing up all the games and how uh, LeBron had to try really hard, Aiden, you could have brought up that Clippers. You could have brought up how Kawhi maybe had to try hard some of the games against uh, lower caliber teams. Uh, that's what. That's just what I think. But I, I think I'm going to give the win. Wins <laughs> <laughs> To, yeah, it was good debate I'm anyway. I'm going to have to give the debate to, uh... Okay. <laughs> Who is it? Just come out with it. I think I'm going to have to give it to Aiden. Regardless, it was just a good debate. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the wheel spin conveniently landed on Aiden. The first time it landed on <laughs> the first time I spot the wheel landed on you. So, uh, no, but I, I think Aiden's points with the star power were ultimately. We see Again, it's star close. I would not be shocked is. if the Clippers end up beating the Lakers, but. <laughs> well, is that a ridiculous statement? What you, wait, what you say? I didn't even hear you Oh, I said it, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers end up beating the Lakers anyway. I'm just saying I'm going with Oh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I thought you were you were just oh my oh, god. No, I, I just had this huge joke. Oh no, I found out my dog ate my retainer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, well that's gonna wrap up today's episode. Uh it was a long one today. Go check out Mr. Sideline. And um 
go Colin on the Anchor Mobile app. I haven't had a Colin in a while. Uh, but thank you, Colin and Thomas, and thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.